Welcome to the final episode of our podcast mini-series, Indebted, Conversations on Reparations and the Educational Debt. I'm Ben. I'm Paul. I'm Gaochia. I'm Anna. I'm Hawa. I'm Sinalei. As we wrap up, we wanted to take a bit of time for each of us to offer our final thoughts musings, if you will, on any and all of the topics we have covered in episodes one, two, and three. With that, I'll start us off. So as I already offered my thoughts on the concepts of both reparations and the educational debt separately in episodes one and two of this mini-series, respectively, I wanted to take my brief time in this section to think of engaging reparations in the context of the educational debt such an important task to undertake. As Sinalei mentioned in the third episode, Darity and Mullen offer an economic framework for reparations, but this will take far more than payments as an acknowledgement of past wrong and atrocities and work towards more. I find a lot of value in what Gautia offered with the great difficulty coming with regard um, to creating and uh, establishing a system, a program, if you will, of reparations for the moral and socio-political debts. For this, I want to refer to Mwalimu Shuja's conceptualization of education as a form of cultural combat in his article um, on education and schooling in the post 9-11 era. If we have this in mind, we can ensure that we work towards creating a system of reparations that, as Gaucho mentioned, can begin to repay the two aforementioned debts. However, I also think it's important to acknowledge and note that there can be no universal solution. This project does not have a simple answer and one must work with all of the complexities to engage reparations meaningfully in a way that prevents structures of white supremacy from reproducing themselves and harms that have been enacted over hundreds of years. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Um, and drawing on your and Anna's discussion from question or episode one, I think it's good that there, the general narrative around reparations has shifted from flat out denying their legitimacy as well as their feasibility. Although you did witness uh, some McAllister students uh, still denying this. Um, so of course there continues to be this great deal of pushback against reparations in the United States. Um, and there remains a tremendous amount of work to be done for reparations to be seen in our country. Moving forward, we must compensate those who have continually been harmed through the many institutions in America that have been biased against them. In this world of instant gratification, it seems that this process is moving at a snail's pace and can be frustrating to not see the change come immediately. Additionally, it's extremely difficult to talk about reparations in the American schooling system without also talking about recognizing the same issues in the nation as a whole. However, hopefully through the potential changes we discussed in episode three, the youth of America can be armed with the knowledge of past atrocities, as well as the continual racial issues and injustices that have plagued the people of color in America. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Paul. I think for me personally, I 
went into this project thinking that I could come out of it having a whole list of suggestions for reparations. But in reality, as an immigrant child and student of color myself, who has experienced some of these structures of white supremacy firsthand, it's actually quite difficult to reimagine and think about what an equitable U.S. education system would actually look like. Because I think that was never really given to myself and um, peers. So along with that, I do just want to reemphasize that it's definitely not the responsibility of BIPOC individuals um, to repair the system because by doing so, we would be paying off a debt that others owe to us, essentially. However, I really do appreciate that in this series, we not only touched on several um, both concrete and abstract reparations, but we were able to also expand on what the education debt entails, which is a topic that I think all educators and school policymakers need to educate themselves on because even for myself, um, prior to learning about it, I also placed a huge emphasis on the achievement gap without truly understanding the roots and the history behind it. And so with that, I do hope that these conversations continue to resurface themselves and become a vehicle for positive and sustainable change in the U.S. schooling system and the social, social structures that are inseparable from it um, as we start to bring these reparations to life. Thank you, Yetcha. Um, like going off what you said about um, reparations, about about um, it not being the responsibility of BIPOC individuals to um, repair the systems, I think like something that has been that I have like how my understanding of reparations has developed, like in part through this project, is that it is not like it can't be something that has strings attached it has to be um, reparations are compensation that um, needs to to go to past harms and not not be um, contingent on continue necessarily continuing to um, support the same systems that they they come from um yeah i like and also i think yeah my own understanding of how the achievement gap is connected to the educational debt has really like gotten much more i um it's really grounded in something that's really grounded in specifics and i think like that is something that from this project i understand about reparations as they also need like reparations are needed so broadly because there's so many things that are screwed up and uh, they have there has to be many different methods financial and otherwise of um, addressing that okay for my concluding thoughts to kind of echo Paul, I just wanted to go back and reemphasize a very important point Anna mentioned in episode one while speaking on reparations. A lot of people think reparations stop at government distributed poverty relief funds like food stamps and things like that. And in the same breath claim that 
it's unnecessary and that BIPOC individuals should get off their lazy butt, strap their boots on tight and put in work. Thus, once again, glossing over how important all of this is and what the intent of reparations are by trying to play it off as handouts for the quote unquote lazy colored people. These are also the same people who say that slavery has no impact on individuals today, which is clearly not true. So I thought it was super important to reemphasize that reparations are compensation for not only the historic policies, but also for current ones that are preventing black, indigenous, and people of color from uplifting themselves and be on the same level as their counterparts in terms of wealth and power. I'm over the lazy narrative because if anything is lazy, it's that argumentative viewpoint that's given every time discussions like these take place. All in all, it's really, it really never makes sense to aim for equality without first achieving equity. Thank you, Hal, for your thoughts. Um, for me, as someone who wants to be a future educator, exploring more into the educational debt was very helpful. I think all educators and future educators should be aware of the system that they're working within and how it affects their current students. I think tackling the education debt can seem very daunting as just one person or even a small group of people like us college students. But I know that there are ways that I can help support future BIPOC students just within my future classroom by creating space for all their voices to be heard and culture celebrated. This kind of goes back to some of Gaucho's points in episode three of possible reparations. I hope this podcast can help spark future discussions for all of you listeners, and that you can find ways that you're complicit in perpetuating the educational debt. It is time that we have these hard conversations and make change as a nation to our schooling system. This concludes our final installment of our podcast. We appreciate you listening. We are merely college students and know that there is much more room for exploration on the educational debt and reparations. We hope that you can do some of your own research after listening. Thank you once again.